You're listening to the Name Drop Podcast, where we reveal the industry experts and brilliant founders behind the marketing campaigns and brands you know and love. In a world where things change fast and marketing is the opposite of static, we are here to reveal the marketing geniuses and how they find their inspiration, hoping to inspire you along the way. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here with you. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Super happy to have you here. This is fun. Yeah. It's kind of like something different. Yeah. Mix it up. (laughs) Um, How are you feeling today? I feel really good. Yeah. I like speaking. I like speaking with you. So this ticks two of my boxes already. And I'm two days away from a beach vacation. Um, So the vibes are very positive right now. That's smart to schedule something like that, like three weeks into the year. This is the first time I'm trying it. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I know the January, like they're just the doldrums in January, Mm -hmm. you know, and you try to fight against it. Like this is hibernation time, but it's just, it's not fun. No, I'm looking for a tan. Yeah, I get that for sure. (laughs) So what types of challenges are you facing professionally right now? Oh my gosh. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Something that's really top of mind for me and a challenge is change management at the micro level and at the macro level. And so I think about this both from my team perspective, which is the micro, but also will reveal my job later at the organizational level, the macro of leading people through change and leading people through sort of a cultural evolution of the next chapter of our company. And it's just super fascinating. One thing I learned about change management, I was reading a book about it because it's one thing to be leading people through it and then having never done it yourself. And you have to be extremely clear with people and very explicit about what you're looking for. So it's been a challenge as we're navigating ourselves as leaders. What is it we're trying to get people to do? Um, But it's an invigorating challenge. And I think if you learn how to drive change management, you can basically do any job well. Yeah, I think that's Very true. And the space that we work in and the times that we are currently in, there's always change and things are shifting. And when you're navigating big and small teams through that, it's you're right that it's a communication exercise more than anything. But to move everyone along in the same direction is never easy. That's Uh, right. Never easy. What types of things do you think are have changed the most in recent days? Like what's your perspective on the the landscape at large? Man, the landscape at large. That's a big question. I work in tech. And so I think over the last few years, it's been really interesting. When I first started, you know, there was really like this optimistic landscape. And over time, we've found that balance as an industry to not only think about the optimistic things, but also like what could go wrong? How do we prevent them? And so I think the hottest topic of the day is AI. And it's really Mm -hmm. interesting. I listened to the journal podcast this morning. It was from a few days ago about open AI and um, all these different examples. But I think I like to make sure that we're still balancing the optimism with like a little bit of skepticism. But I, I'm always suspect of people that have too strong of an opinion on one polar end of things. Yeah. So that's one thing I think we're navigating is those conversations internally, like how do you show that AI is going to be a really exciting buddy to you to make you more productive? And then for like our marketing partners, like, again, this is an exciting next chapter. Yes, there are things we should be looking around the corner on and making sure we get right, but demystifying and, and showing all of the ways it's going to serve us. Yeah. No, I think that's super true. It does seem like as you look back at sort of the tech evolution over the past, I don't know, five to 10 years now, which is crazy. Everyone was so excited in the beginning. And then as newer things now are coming up, it's like Web3 and like NFTs. And there's such 
extreme positions and thoughts and feelings about some of these topics, and they tend to lean more negative. That wasn't the case in the earlier days, I don't think, but maybe I was just too young to not really like fully wrap my head around it. But I think that there is opportunity with all of this, and sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not going to work. But just having the opportunity to test again in all these new spaces should be exciting, I think. I completely agree. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's interesting, just the negativity that surrounds some of these things, but I guess that's just human nature. How are you guys thinking about AI at Indy? I think it's super exciting, and I think it's something that ideally should make us better at our jobs. So I think it's a new skill set that can be learned and should be learned and hopefully should help us to be more effective and efficient at some of the work that we're doing. I think that there's like the baseline examples of using AI to write copy or create visuals. But some of the things that I think are really interesting to me are around like AI for strategy concepting and like using it as a thought partner, which I think is really cool. And also some of the like training of AI systems and thinking about it almost like a search engine of like how do you position your brands or our clients as voices of authority and what does it look like like if we offered AI training services Mm -hmm. to make that possible. So like thinking about the back end of it, I think it's a really cool area where we could potentially consult on if we build that muscle. So I'm positive about it, but that's also just my like nature to some extent. Like I'm like, cool, let's figure it out. Let's add it into the mix. So I don't know. I think it's just how you approach things. I completely agree. Test and learn energy. I think that's always the best way. Yeah, that's how it has to go. So brag about yourself. What are you most proud of as you look back at your career? I felt a little uncomfortable bragging about myself. First, I want to give just a minor brag, which is I'm very good at online shopping at Zara, which is a really hard skill (laughs) to crack. And all my friends are really jealous because they'll have like a pair of trousers Mm -hmm. on like a girl sunken in a like a shipwreck at the bottom of the ocean as the photo. And I'm going to be like, those look great on You're me. like, I could wear that. I mastered yeah. it. So that's one exciting brag for me. I think more generally on my career, I want to brag about my network. I'm really proud of the people that I surround myself with. And I care a lot. I, I think a lot about that quote that's, you're the combination of the five, pe- five people you spend the most time with. And I'm very intentional about surrounding myself with people that I respect and that I learn from. You're one of those people. And so I would just brag about, yeah, that network I've created and I hope to continue to build. Yeah, I think that's great. If I had to brag about you, I'd probably brag about that as well because, I mean, we met a long time ago, but most recently like reconnected through just your efforts and intentionality of bringing women together that work in this field. And I love that. I think more people should do it because we all have interesting perspectives and experiences and like, why not build upon that? Yeah. Right. One, one thing I was feeling was I'd been at the same company for nine years and I feel so proud of the network I have at the company, but I looked up and I was like, wow, I don't have as many folks outside of the company that I'm really close with as I do inside. And so that was really one of the jumping off points for us to start that group, which is Force to Femme, this group of around like eight or 10 women that get together once a month. We talk about work, we give advice, we talk about life. And it was really helped me kind of reconnect with people that were in my like next, like more extended network and bring them in. And it has been honestly one of the most rewarding things of my last year. So more of that in 2024. I love that. What piece of advice would you give someone who maybe wants to start something like 
like a group or a get together like you have started? I'll tell you a few tips that were helpful for me. One, I'm someone who loves having a partner in crime on things. And so I reached out to my friend Catherine and she was sort of craving that same connection. So I found it really helpful to have someone like we trade off responsibilities as like as silly as like booking the restaurant or like picking the date. And so that's been really helpful and made it sustainable to have a partner in crime. And then I think the second thing was setting somewhat of like a framework of like, what are we trying to get out of this? How do we want to run these sessions? How loose is it going to be? How structured is it going to be? And so having some sort of like framework and goal was really helpful and then being open to changing it. So again, this is like minutia, but the first half of last year, we did it over breakfast and I thought this was so efficient and like, this is going to be like for our busy girlies, they're going to be able to get to work. And it turned out that time didn't work. And now we've transitioned it to dinners and we're just getting so much more richness of conversation and connection. So being open to evolving things as they're not working well. Yeah. I mean, that's the test and learn mindset. There you right? go. Oh, oh my gosh. You know, We're bring already it developing back. a theme. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, I think so much of it too just comes with like putting yourself out there. If yes. you're craving something and feeling something, there's a very high likelihood that other people want the same thing. Um, and you just need to be the person that's going to go for it. Right? That's the biggest aha. Uh-huh, yeah. Is I've, the first few folks we invited, I almost like, because some of them are looser connections, I was almost feeling a little bit like trepidatious or awkward. And then they're immediately all in. I'm like, oh, wait, okay. So everyone, I mean, we're all craving connections. I should have done this a while ago. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Without revealing your current position and career, this word strategy is tossed around a lot. And I think it can be very ambiguous or determined by the person that you're talking about. They have a definition of it in their head and that's how it's seen. When you think about strategy, what does that mean to you? Um, What strategy means to me is coming up with a plan or a take on something that's going to lead you somewhere long-term and then breaking down all the steps and milestones to get there in between. And I think one of the things that makes a good strategist is someone who sees around corners and thinks two or three steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this is something that I st- have still so much to learn on, but started developing a couple jobs ago where it wasn't just the, here's my plan, and then I execute on it. It was starting to develop that, well, if I go route A, then B is going to happen, and that might in- lead to C. What if I go this route? And so I think it's really that ability to see beyond the here and now that makes a great strategist. I love that answer. And it's so true because the way you get to your strategic recommendation is by thinking about all the potential outcomes and what the best bet is. But you're not going to know that if you don't think about the series of events that will happen with the few decisions that you might make in the upfront. So I think that's a really nice way to explain it. Uh, I guess, you know, as you think about that, what defines a good strategist? Like how is somebody, how do you know if someone like on your team is good at this? How would you define if you're good at it? What does that look like? One thing I've found is that a good strategist is someone who either came from that industry or discipline that they're now, you know, sharing strategy on, or they're incredibly skilled at quickly learning and tapping the right people who are the deep experts Mm -hmm. and gleaning those insights from them. And I remember when I was like a more junior uh, sort of salesperson and putting together some like plans or pitches, and I would hear folks that were more senior put together these quote strategy decks. And I'm like, you can't actually do that. They didn't understand the truth and the reality of what was on the ground with like the product and the client. And so 
All of that to say that I think you have to really understand the guts of what you're providing a strategy on Mm -hmm. or know who to go to and be able to quickly glean that because anyone can write something fancy, not grounded in reality. And so that for me is a real litmus test of like, does this person know their stuff and or have they done their homework to, to put this together? And that earns a lot of trust for me. And I try to show up that way too. Yeah. I like that. I was in a strategy role at Ben and Jerry's prior to starting Indie. And it resonates with me because you're right. It's not like being knower of all or having just like a really awesome point of view on things. It was like understanding everything in the business, even though I was a marketing strategist from the products and the branding on the products and the packaging and the innovations that were coming out to like how the retailers worked in different countries and things that you just go so far beyond like marketing tactics and channels. That's right. You have to get all the pieces together and source the right information from the right people to then have that fully baked, okay, this is what we are going to do and why, because it just, it goes beyond, oh, we're going to post on social media three times a week and do a couple TikToks, you know what I mean? (laughs) Correct. So it was, that was a cool learning for me though, because I had come from such a specialized role into that Mm -hmm. position in-house and I was like, oh, wow, I'm learning so much more than I, and have access to so much more than I thought I would. But I think why you're so excellent at that, and I continue to see this trait in you, and it's something that I look for in people I'm recruiting and people I work closely with is curiosity. Yeah. If someone's deeply curious, I mean, they're just going to excel in that. And you have such a curiosity about you. And I also think that's a very electric quality. People want to be around people who ask questions and like want to learn more about them. So it pays dividends. And it's something I definitely look for when I'm recruiting. Yeah. I'm reading this book right now uh, by Vanessa Van Edwards called Captivate. And it's about oh. traits and skills that you can build to be a more likable human and oh, connect with people. I want this book. And she talks a lot about – I'll give it to you. Um, <laughs> she talks a lot about curiosity though and just like mm. people want – to your point, people want to be asked questions. They want to seem interesting. And that is like such an attractive quality in another human if you like – want to understand them better. And she was saying one thing that stuck out with me recently, she was saying like, you should never ask someone, uh, what do you do professionally? Because they're like, that's such a buzzkill. Like people are just like, okay, let me go to my (laughs) scripted answer. Um, She's like, ask people, are you working on anything exciting? Yes. And like that totally changes the conversation. And like some of those small things I think are super interesting. It's so true. I feel like I only learned that in the last like five years because I've always been really passionate about my job. Right. You're like, let's talk about it. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I'm asking them about, oh, wait, that is that, that is a buzzkill and like yeah. find a better way at it. I started my career in sales. My dad is a salesman, so it's okay. in my blood. But okay. I remember one thing he taught me, similar thread of when, when I was growing up, I felt I was like really awkward and very socially awkward and mm-hmm. felt very nervous. And he taught me like, you don't need to know what to say. Like the best thing that people want to talk about is themselves. So So just learn how to ask good questions. And I think that that one helped me become more confident because people like, I left a conversation. Wow, I love talking to Meg. I didn't say anything. I just asked questions. And so (laughs) so yeah, sort of a similar lane there. I want to read that book. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'll I'll bring it next time we meet. So I guess in that kind of vein of working with different people and now leading teams, there's like direct leadership and you have direct reports and you get to set the standard for how you want to work with them. And then especially in bigger organizations, there's also a lot of indirect leadership that needs to happen in terms of influencing and to your point before, like getting the right information from the right people. How do you excel at both of those things? 
From a direct leadership standpoint and management standpoint, there's a couple things that are baked into my management philosophy. I think one is setting really high expectations. Like, I have high expectations of you. I know you can achieve them, and I'm here to support you. I want that to be known as, if you come to work for me, like, that's the the standard operating procedure. But I think a really important pairing of that is, this is a safe place to learn and fail at things. And we talk a lot about this concept. I won't quote it right to who it was, but it's like glass balls and rubber balls. Mm -hmm. So a rubber ball is something that if you drop it or you make a mistake, it's okay. It's going to bounce back. There are some things that are glass balls. There are probably very few that if you break them, it is a really big deal. And so we talk a lot about on my team about glass balls and rubber balls. And if they come to me and they feel nervous about something, I'm like, that's a rubber ball. We're all good. And I think another part of making them feel safe in the learning atmosphere is sharing when I've learned something or I've messed something up. I had a manager years ago who would share her performance review with us, and I thought that was amazing. And so I've started sharing mine with my team. So I'm continuously learning. You get to as well. No one's perfect. And I think that helps everyone get to their best selves and live up to the expectations that I have. That's awesome. In terms of indirect, both external facing and internal facing – It's really simple. Finding out, one, what makes people tick, Mm -hmm. and two, what their goals are. Mm -hmm. If you can ground everything you're doing related to why it's going to make that person succeed, it's sort of endless possibilities. And you got to know, because some people have different sort of eccentricities, what makes them tick. But I, like unlocking that gives me like a high. Yeah. Um, So that's sort of the, what I do ground, like initial conversations with and always try to come back to. And I found it really effective and indirect way of influencing and being really clear about what my goals are too. Um, So that's been disarming for me for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. At Indie, we talk a lot about with our clients, part of the goal when we come into any new partnership is just understanding what the client is looking to achieve. Yes. Not what their business or their brand wants to do, but like what is going to make them excited and happy or energized or their life's going to be easier because of it. And figuring that out is the key to success, right? And so much so in the marketing industry too. It's yeah. still like there's so much wonderful technology, of course, but like it's still a human yes, industry, human sure. to human industry. And so I completely agree with you. And I I don't think everyone gets that. No. And so it's a really important unlock. No, I agree. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to be this incredible marketeer. And that's great. But if you don't know how to then collaborate or work with your partners or clients, it's going to fall flat every time because the tactics only bring you so far. Yeah. That's one thing we talk a lot about on my team. And this might be different at different companies, but what I say is your work product and what you do is equal importance to how you got it done. And like those will be measured equally in your performance reviews and like what jobs you're up for. And so like I think there's some people that deli- can deliver strong results in the short term, but the way they collaborate isn't yeah. great. And so, yeah, I'm glad that we share that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> what relationship has been most impactful on you or relationships mm. professionally? Um, this is such a fun question. I have two answers for this. First, most impactful for me has been my best friend, Kelsey. So we've been best friends since we were 14 years old. We went to high school and college together. And right out of college, she started her own company. Um, She ran it for 10 years. She grew it. Incredible entrepreneurial story. She sold it. She's now the CEO of the holding company that bought it. Like, And also, she's the most relatable, hilarious, kind, wonderful human. Mm -hmm. And the reason she's been really helpful for me professionally is, one, she's someone that I can always go to for advice. Two, she's my cheerleader when I need it. 
And three, she gives me a lot of perspective because I work at a large corporation and yeah, things are hard sometimes, but she's done it all with higher stakes, smaller teams, you know? And so it just always gives me a good dose of perspective of like, if Kelsey navigated this, I can too. That's awesome. What kind of company did she start? I'm curious. She started in a uh, content marketing company, actually. You should have her on here. I should have her on here. Yes. Plug for Kelsey Raymond. Oh my gosh. Um, And the the other relationship that's had the biggest impact on me professionally is my my husband, my my partner, Andy, because he has been through um, with me and some of my most intense roles where he has taken on like all the household duties. Like I'm not really showing up as a great partner. We'll have had discussions in advance, right? Like this Mm -hmm. is going to be really intense. And like my focus is completely work for X amount of time. And then there's other times in my career where he's really pushed me and said, if you're not able to do this job and like show up well for your health and show up well for like these other priorities in your life, I really think you should challenge the environment you're in. So Mm -hmm. it's that balance of supportiveness and also giving me really hard feedback that has just made him such an important anchor for me succeeding professionally. I love that. It is helpful to have somebody who you know will like give you the perspective that maybe you don't want to hear sometimes. You know, and they're like, you need to chill. The real talk. Yeah. Or like, you're kind of being a brat. It's like, <laughs> oh, I know you're right. And I really don't want to hear that. Yeah. I mean, he's not always using feedback sandwich. We're just getting oh, right yeah, to the meat no, of it. You just got to be a straight shooter <laughs> in those types of situations. That's it. Yeah. No, my fiance is similar and I appreciate it because he tells me, he gives it to me straight and it's yep. like, okay. But also is the biggest fan too. So it's like ideal. It's, it's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> awesome. So tell us who you are. I'm Meg Orby. I am the head of strategy and operations for the global business group at Meta. Amazing. Yeah. So exciting. What does a day in the life look like? Oh, man. I'm going to zoom out to a week in the life and give you a few components of a week in the life. I'll be like that. I mean, a week in the life, we're going to have a business review. We're going to be really looking at how things are trending from our revenue perspective, from a product perspective, and really digging into like, what are opportunities? What can we unblock with the product team? So that's really like a foundational part of every week. We're going to be looking at what's coming in product roadmaps. Um, how should we make sure that we're communicating this in the right way to our clients? What more do we need to get feedback on to our marketing team so they can do that? And then one of my favorite parts of any week is like thinking about our organization of several thousand people scattered across the globe. Yeah. And how do we make sure that we're setting up the systems, the culture, and all of the right things for them to do their job and succeed. And that's ultimately so that our client can succeed. Um, So we always talk about we want to be the best dollar and the best minute spent of anyone's day. So my job right now is more internally focused. How do I build that back in to empower our teams to do that? And so it's just an absolute pleasure. It's really a fun, energizing job. It sounds like it. And are you working on projects that come your way? Are you kind of defining what things need to happen in order to to make that possible? Yeah, that's a good question. So one thing that I helped craft is like, what's our vision for the org for the next year? And also like on the back end of that, what are our goals? And now based on that, what are all of the things that need to be true? Now, let's be clear. I work with a massive cross-functional team of many experts. And I think of myself as really an advisor, a dot connector, a Mm -hmm. real talk feedback Mm -hmm. um, person to help bring all of those people to, in a beautiful harmony, uh, to realize our vision. Yeah, that's cool. So you get to talk and work with lots of different 
experts to get yes. their thoughts and then you bring them all together like which we were is talking so about fun I love that curating I think yeah. that's a, a strength of mine and yeah. like pulling out the best bits of each part of the organization and and our clients so that's why it's energizing to me totally and I mean what's better when you do that work and you then you pull, pull it all together into a cohesive plan and you bring it back to everyone and they're like Oh, you heard me perfectly. Yeah. We're, oh, we're, we're oh. on board, and it's like that's what gets the strategist going. Satisfying. You know, you're like, wow, I love this job. It's so fun. I will say one thing that I thrive on, and is certainly part of our culture in this job, is feedback. And so I constantly try to set out when I put out a strategy or a project, or I'm partnering one. I'm like, what's the real talk feedback? What are people saying on the ground? Yeah. What's not working? What is working? What's our feedback channel to collect this? Because I think when you're dealing at like the scale and across so many locations, if you don't, if you're not really intentional about gathering that and showing Mm -hmm. you want to listen, you can just be up in your own world and like an ivory tower. So I I really appreciate that. And then I I found that I've started cultivating like, okay, these are my folks that Mm -hmm. are really the ones I go to for advice and real talk. And so that is, I, I love sort of collecting those type of people and having them to go to. That's awesome. What would you say is the high and the low, best and worst part of your current role? Um, High is the people. Uh, Everyone I work with, I believe, deeply cares and is committed. And I've had different points in my career where I could tell someone was just showing up to get a paycheck. And Mm -hmm. that really deflates me. Sorry if I'm like really nerdy and like loving my job. But if you're not here because you truly care, it's, it's not as fun to work with. So I love that everyone I work with really cares. I love that they're really smart. They're continuously learning and they're all very interesting. I always say I'm the most boring person at Meta because everyone will have like some very eccentric hobby or like something they're really good at. And I'm just like, I always say I'm a a mile wide and an inch deep on all my hobbies. So I'm not a typical Meta person. But yeah, so the people are the very best part of every single day. Yeah. I like that. I could not agree more. To have people that are showing up not just to clock in and clock out and do a job, but have some emotion in it, right? Like we spend a lot of time working. And if you're just kind of coming in and like trying to get through the day – that impacts everybody around you. And you can sense it. You can smell it. It's like, all right, this person could not care less. Completely. My old boss used to call it energy givers or energy Mm -hmm. drains. And I remember I heard someone speak one time and they said like one way to judge if like a person is an energy giver and energy drain is like picture that your phone is ringing from that person. Are you running to accept the call? (laughs) Or are you like, we'll we'll do this over text. Yep, yep, Um, yep. And so I, I try, I like, really try to hope like, oh, I hope, how do I make sure people want to answer my call? Yeah. And I'm giving a little energy and a little spice and a little sugar in any conversation. Yeah. I've been trying to look at my calendar that way of like, am I excited about if, mm. if I have not like on un- just unnecessary meetings of things that I, oh, sure, I'll go to that or I'll t- chat with this person. Or am I like literally looking at it thinking, oh God, well, yes. I just have to drag through this and then sort of start to clear out and be a little bit more thoughtful about how I am doing it and spending my time because it's a limited resource. Mm -hmm. And if you are around the energy suckers all the time, it's tough. Can't do it. Yeah, it's tough. But I think sometimes that sounds like kind of bratty. You're like, yeah, I'm only going to spend time with people who like lift me up. Do you know what I mean? Which like is kind of a privileged thing, I guess. But yeah. it's it's important too because there 
are so many people you could talk to and spend time with that, I don't know, it gets I, overwhelming. I think the the way that I think about it is to be successful in business or maybe anything, uh, you have to be able to deal with all different types of personalities, mm-hmm. collaborate with them, manage them, be managed by them. So sure, that's table stakes. But as much as you can be an intentional yourself about being an energy giver and as you are recruiting teams, yeah, like looking for more of that, I, it really, really matters. Yeah, agree. Okay. Thanks for making me feel better about that. <laughs> um, so wait, what's the low part? Oh, I was hoping you were going to oh, not no. come back oh, to no. that. I want to hear. <laughs> you give me something. Um, my low part. I struggle with an answer for this. I mean, to your point, like there's always micro things in the day, but I think I'm constantly taking stock of that things are are mainly positive. I guess I would say I really don't like like administrivia. Like mm. booking my flight is like an Everest. Yeah. I know that sounds so no, 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 strange, no. but no. that stuff like I really is just like the worst part. Yeah. Like booking a booking a call and like booking a flight, it's my worst part. Yeah. But it's such in the grand scheme of things like the vast majority of my day and my experience is positive, which is why I stay. I mean, yeah. I've been at this company for this year will be 10 years, which I wow. never envisioned. Yeah. I was like, we'll do uh, two to three years yeah, and then we'll keep bopping. Sure. Yeah. And it just really kept me engaged. That's awesome. Cool. Um, all right. Well, let's do a little round of trendy or tragic. Let's do it. Uh, so I'll just say the thing. You tell me your thoughts. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, dry January. Uh, trendy and participating. Okay. Did you know that when you asked me that? No. Oh, because at our ladies brunch, I talked about it to everyone because part of my dry January is telling everyone that I'm oh, doing yeah. it. No, you have to talk about it, obviously. <laughs> Constantly yeah. on air. I'm doing my first ever. I've been a dry January hater. My oh, why are you hating? Because I'm like, just do it in moderate, drink in moderation, and let's all not get twisted around the dry yeah. January. The, take the month off, but then you're gonna go crazy the rest of the year, like, yeah. which is a very specific mindset that I have <laughs> on this. And I am doing it for the first time this oh. year, and I have to say, I get it. Okay, I get it. Also, there has never been more fun mocktails, or oh, like, I, I don't participate in the NA beers, but like the mocktail scene is oh, yeah. really great. I know the phony Negroni. Great. Yeah, I had a mocktail last night that was great. A ginger mule. Oh, my gosh. Great. Yeah. I, I think that I sleep better. Yeah, it's really hard when you see the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> but then on the but on the flip side, like I always am like, oh, if I like feel groggy in the morning or if I have like a headache, I'm like, gosh, I guess those two drinks last night really got me. And like I'm realizing like, no, <laughs> you're thing. just in your mid thirties. That's that's, that's what's I'm happening. Like, wait. It's not the alcohol. This <laughs> is just you you're probably just, drink enough water. You're just craving fried food yeah. just as you? Yeah. Oh. It's like <laughs> interesting. You can't blame that on everything. <laughs> Okay, well, good luck in your next 20 ish days. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm, I, I, you got I'm it. here. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Allen White's Calvin Klein ad that's getting all the buzz. Uh, I, I, my mind went blank when you said his name. I can't even remember what the positive one of this Trendy. Trendy. Yes. Oh my God. Trendy, capital T, every letter capital. I mean, out of control, good. Yeah. Out I, of control. I mean, I agree. And all the haters that are like, there's nothing clever about this. Yeah, it's Calvin uh, Klein. Yeah. Literally, they sell sex. That's, that's what it, yes. that's, this has been their strategy forever and it works for them. Also, I was hearing some um, feedback on his height 
And I said, I love a compact king. Yeah. Like, I'm hearing your your bullets on height, and I'm just saying you're jealous. 100%. So I'm so here for it. I will admit, I dropped out of Chef season one, which is not a popular opinion. I am committed to going back after this campaign. Chef, his show that he got famous on. Did you watch it? No. Oh, okay. I thought he got famous on, like... Shameless, and then he went to the bear. Did you watch? The oh, wait, bear? the bear, the bear. Sorry, okay, okay. sorry. I'm saying oh, chef, yes, chef. No, as I'm, you can see, I have. A- I'm obsessed with the bear. I think it's the best the show that I've watched in like the past see, three years. This is my unpopular opinion. I dropped out season one. I'm I'm gonna get back in. I'm gonna get back in. Yeah, you have to try again. I will. It's phenomenal. I'm and committed. the soundtrack is like just next level. I okay. Think. The Count- first episode, I I had like I was stressed after I watched it because they yell so much, but then I got over that. That's why I dropped out. I'm like I'm not doing this like yeah. stress, but yeah. I'm like. I said I'm back in. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet. Oh my God. These are so good. You're hitting on everything I'm passionate about. <laughs> Tragic. Was that the. Tra- I'm forgetting all the no, cues. No, no, but that's the cue. This is so fake. I saw some article. I can't remember if it was New York Mag or something yesterday that was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting to like them. No. <laughs> it's just a no. I feel like they purposely knew the cameras were on them and were having these like conversations but like they're so stilted and weird it's such a no for me yeah. I'm I could go on about this for a whole nother podcast so I lo- I don't disagree with you that it's kind of tragic but I like Timothy Chalamet so I want to be a supporter love. you know I'm really but upset with the him. chemistry between them seems non-existent it's I- like awkward grandma grand- like it's just it's weird is he playing with her kids I need some footage of him with her me kids too. to buy it yeah yeah and I'm not seeing that yeah that's also, fair. does he live in New York? Like, I'm very confused about the relationship. I don't know. No. I, I don't know. Now, positive on this commentary, her natural makeup look looked fantastic this it week. Did. She's gorgeous. Yeah, no, so she is. That was she my looked great. They look great. They're both beautiful They people. look great. I want them separately looking yeah, great. Yeah. I was like, if they had a kid, oh, that would be fascinating. I don't know no. why my head went there, but I was like, what would that Don't put that out like? into the universe, Molly. <laughs> Stop. It wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> I'm just going to say Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This was super fun. Thank you. This is amazing. I love seeing um, your business grow and getting to work with you you. again is so wonderful. I hope we can partner more. Oh, me too. So where can people connect with you, find you, LinkedIn, Instagram? Oh, I know I work at Meta, but I'm obsessed with LinkedIn. So that's my, yeah, that's a a great channel for me. Megan Orby, Megan with an H. If you want to see my travels on Instagram, it's M-E-G-O-D-E-G-O. You do travel to a lot of great places. Yes, I do a lot of travel. Going to Costa Rica next week, so stay tuned. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. So you guys can find us on Instagram at namedrop.pod and I'm at Mall Bakes. Thanks so much. 